Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Yo! I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific Commodore himself, Zinius! How goes it, good sir, on this lovely Thursday of August the 13th of the year 2020, and in Domini? It, oh lord, that last part was Latin, wasn't it? That's about the only Latin I'll ever say. Oh boy. Anything more than that? And I just can't handle it. Sir, you've already lost me. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, this of course is the Thursday Night Hangout. It is a weekly show for you where we take your comments, topics, questions, and your bet. And we try our best to cover them with you during this show. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to submit your topic, question, etc., have no fear. You could drop them in the chat and we will add it to our show. If we do unfortunately run out of time, those topics, questions will be added to next week's show. So, ladies and gentlemen, we do have quite a few topics, so let's see if we can't get this party started. Indeed, good sir. What is the first topic of right, the, the first topic, hour? it's, you know, of course, uh, for many of you out there, you may have noticed that I've been playing a lot of a specific game called Runes of Ru uh, Damn it, Zelius! Legends of Ruterra. I have forever tainted your brain. I know. It is glorious. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, Legends of Ruterra, of course, has been out for a bit. Um, they're just wrapping up uh, their big um, Spirit Blossom Festival, which, by the way, I've unlocked every single piece of that festival. Thank you very much. Um, but they did make a mean? huge announcement uh, that they are going... that. The next expansion is going to drop, or the next big thing is going to drop on August the 26th, which is going to be called Call of the Mountain. What uh, is the mountain calling, sir? Uh, it's going to, so basically what's going to happen is you're going to have a, um, a new area, a bunch of new cards. Um, let's see here. Actually, let me, let me tell you here. Um, there is going to be one new area and they're going to do kind of like a, um, a staggered uh, release uh, that's going to happen. In August, you're going to have seven new champions plus 82 non-champion cards. That's both units and uh, characters or units. How exciting. Uh, spells and units. Uh, then October, you're going to have a, a second Call of the Mountain expansion which is going to add three more champions and 37 more additional cards. Okay. And then they're going to do that uh, again in December... And then Febu in February, they're going to reveal yet another new land. But for now, uh, they are going to... Um, I'm very interested to see all these cards. Um, when, when you have an influx of that many cards that fast, I fear that there's going to be balance issues out to yin-yang. Yeah, but I would what agree do I with know? that. Um, then again, I mean, it would be nice to be able to use my um uh in the game you unlock um wild type cards you've got um your commons you've got your um rares you've got your epic cards each of them have uh you know you you unlock additional cards as you play the game and i've got every single common card at this point mm. so I, but i have a lot of wild cards for commons of course i've got nothing to do you know i've got I can't use them. Uh, so it would be nice to actually be able to use those cards again. So which one, what makes you excited about the game in terms of the expansion? I have to say that um, 
if it's anything like when they added the um, the Bilgewater expansion, which was a brand new area and a bunch of new heroes uh, with new cards, if it's like that, I think I'll be super duper excited. Um, okay. I just, you know, it's just the, the way that they, they show it off, it just scares me a little bit with the, you know, the sheer volume of cards. I mean, basically you're in on August the 26th, they're introducing 89 new cards. And I don't 89. think, and I don't think that there was that many when they did the Bilgewater. I could be wrong though, but I'm pretty sure that they didn't do that many, uh, with Bilgewater. It's a good number of cards, sir. It is indeed. So I'm very interested to see it. Um, uh, like I said, I've already, I've, this is the first time I think I've ever gone in an online um, uh, like competitive game and actually completed to to the end their special event. Even um, like Defiance? Because you played a good bit of Defiance. Their special events, I never got to the end because I had to uh, team up with somebody. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. But like, you know, I've gotten, I would get really close to like Smite or Paladins, but I never got past the finish line. I've still got like three days to spare on Le uh, Legends of Ruterra, and I've already completed everything. Interesting, sir. Indubitably. So that's the first bit of news. Now, of course, the, the big piece of news that everyone's probably dying to talk about is the fact that uh, after much debate, um, Microsoft and 343 industries have declared that there will be a delay in the halo infinite release a delay no now remember ladies and gentlemen that there was a promise or a pledge that the uh, halo infinite would be uh, launching alongside the next xbox series x console which is set to hit all stores in november Mm -hmm. uh, but now, of course, they're pushing it off. Uh, the um, The official statement is, we have made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 to ensure the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. The decision to shift our release is the result of multiple factors that have contributed to development challenges, including the ongoing COVID-related impact affecting us all this year. I want to acknowledge the hard work from our team at 343 Industries, who have remained committed to making a great game and finding solutions to development challenges. However, it is not suitable for the well-being of our team or the overall success of the game to ship it this holiday. Hmm. Which, oh my God, a, a studio that's actually concerned about their their employees' well-being? What no, the, hell? the only thing I care about is getting in the game on launch day, sir. Anything less than that is a pure affront to all gamers everywhere, and it's just not acceptable. How will I ever get to play my games if they're not willing to drive their people into the grave for my own enjoyment? I'm not sure. Um... I'm sure there's people out there that are smarter than me that could give you the answer, but I don't know it. Well, if you don't know it, how are the rest of us going to know it, sir? I don't know, my friend. I can't help you there. I'm so confused. I don't know what to think now. Look, at, at, at the end of the day, there was a lot of complaints uh, about the, the tech demo that they showed off uh, during the big Xbox um, uh, showcase. Um, so you knew that that. 343 Industries was already kind of 
over their head, you know, in over their head with all this crap that they needed to fix and change with like uh, the the graphics, uh, the the HUD, uh, the basically the entire look of the game was being called into question. Um, so I'm not super duper surprised uh, they're, that they're pushing it back. Uh, when you have such a humongous uh, brand as Halo, uh, you don't want to screw that up. <laughs> yeah. People uh, were not amused by it, I guess, from the initial yep. previews, um, which, I mean, it's still, they still have time to fix it, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And obviously, that's what they're going for at this point, is try to get things fixed um, for the real version. Yeah, the real version. Real version. Speaking of the Crucible, no, I'm just kidding. Um, now, uh, <clears throat> moving on, ladies and gentlemen, another interesting thing that's happened. Now, uh, in this world of competitive online gaming, there's always those individuals out there who are trying to skirt the rules and find the loopholes and try to exploit uh, the weaknesses in a game to either cheat the system or troll the hell out of their opponents. Uh, and there is a new game that has caught fire uh, that I think that even the developers and the publishers were not aware that it was going to be this big of a success. Is the game's called Fall Guys. What's it called again? Fall Guys. F-A-L-L Guys. G-U-Y-S. Like I'm falling down a cliff. Sure. sure. Um, so basically, um, you know, we, we've talked about this several times. There's definitely, you know, the, the, the heavy hitters like Valve and Blizzard and Riot, they've got their, their anti-cheat software um, that, that tries to keep, you know, an eye out for any bots or third-party programs to enhance uh, an individual illegally. No illegalness, man. But uh, but unfortunately, uh, the the developer and the publisher for this game uh, do not have that type of uh, money to put that type of uh, security in. So anybody who is currently playing Fall Guys could run into individuals who are employing uh, cheats such as uh, bypassing the start countdowns, uh, increasing your speed to astronomical uh, miles per hour, um, jumping incredibly high, and teleporting throughout the game. I mean, they sound like bugs where if it was a small population, there are things they could probably handle yep. and kind of get figured out. Yep. It's kind of one of those things where once you get that mass critical, at this point, it's also probably a thing where like a couple people figured out you could do these things. And all of a sudden, other people who probably had no interest in the game all of a sudden like, ooh, we could also join the game and have our butt of fun. Right. And it's just kind of cascaded from there, unfortunately. Right. And, and, and so this is, this is, of course, you know, uh, ca uh, causing an interesting issue. Uh, you have those individuals out there who love the game uh, and are having to deal with these asshats uh, who are either uh, trying to game the system so they can gain the, I think the in-game currency is called crowns. And you, you use, you spend your crowns on like cosmetic items within the game. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, you could get like first place a couple times, uh, you know, you could buy exclusive stuff and look extra purdy. Um, now, of course, then the other thing, of course, is uh, the other reason why anyone cheats in a game in an online competitive game is to troll other players. Um, Who doesn't enjoy a good troll? 
Wait, no, troll's bad. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so here's here's the thing. Um, so from my understanding, players uh, have been a little bit surprised uh, by, of course, the, the hackers basically flying through the game uh, at blinding speeds. Uh, and some of them have actually started uniting uh, together to undermine the cheaters. Mm. Um, th- there are individuals who are on purpose banding together and throwing matches when they know that there's a cheater on their team. Mm. So the cheater, you know, um, so they can't get the extra credit for it. Sure. Uh, and then there's, but of course there's other individuals out there who are basically having to find a way to complain to the developers because there's no, there's no in-game reporting tool in place. Right I now. did see that. Yeah. No, and, you could go to discord and complain. On so discord. you could go to their official discord and you can lodge your stuff there, which of course, Part of the uh, in-game tool is that there's a bit of amenity to it, sure. uh, where if you're doing it in Discord, you've got your name tagged to it. Yep, that is true. Which, of course, um, causes a lot of people to just to stay silent because they don't want to rock the boat or have like you know a mob come after them. Um, now, um, this is um, now they. The developer did say something, and this is kind of interesting. I don't know the the validity of this, but they say that they've had a system in place since day one, which has basically been learning through the actions of honest players, in quotation marks, um, uh, to basically help tune an approach to catch those cheaters. Hmm. Now, of course, having said that, you've now made all of the hackers and cheaters aware of it. Now they're going to try to figure out where the hell it is, and they're going to try to game that. Yep, yep. Um, but um, there apparently has been at least one fix, and that is that if you try to game the system and increase your speed, uh, it will automatically not allow you to join any matches. Mm. Uh, the the I think it's like the lead developer says, I, also, I prefer praising our players for being great rather than slamming the cheaters for being bad. Hmm. That isn't how I roll. And I understand that. But at the I also same think time, giving the bad players a bad name is also something to be said for that. I mean, it's why, you know, it's why uh, when you see companies drop like a major ban hammer on people, that makes the news because you're like, oh, they're not playing around. Yeah. With these guys like, yeah, they're bad. And, and, but we want to celebrate the good guys. Okay. Celebrate the good guys by banning the bad guys. Can't we just celebrate everyone, man? Oh, Lord. That's what the trolls want us to do. Oh, what? I'm so confused. Yes. So. I want to celebrate everyone being a happy person. Oh, I don't know about that. Does that exist? No, I don't think so. Happiness. But, I mean... Enjoy. There's there's always going to be cheating in games. I mean, it's mm. unfortunately people people there are people out there who live just to try to game systems. Sure. Um, and you know, as much as I would love to to do the um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, what do you call it? The where you basically promise that you're not going to be a dick. I yeah, that, the, I don't think that um, honor code. Yeah, honor code. There we go. Thank you. 
no one, you're never going to have the ability to have a hundred percent, uh, compliance on an honor code. Uh, nope. That's kind of the whole idea. I'm going to be honest with you. I think if you put two people on a system and they promised that they would, uh, follow the honor code to the letter, one of them would screw up. Mm, I got, I think one in 10, I think I'd take one. I'll take the other nine would play honestly. Fine. I'll do three out of 10. How about that? Fair enough. But still, the higher than it should be, regardless. Oh, absolutely. But but the so the the interesting thing and and the the what I want to see with this uh, developer is because of this is happening right now, you're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna get frustrated because nothing is really being done. It's not you know you can't you're not really seeing a lot being done. It's a very small company; they don't have a lot of people. So trying to you know turn something out quickly. You can't spit things out super duper quickly because then it could be buggy and then the game could be unplayable for all. It's a lot of resources to devote to, you know, I mean, you know, as a developer, you fix one, you know, the speed buff over here, you could adversely affect other heroes over here or now people go slower than the normal. There's just so many adverse effects to fixing what should seem like just the easy little fix to cheating is never quite that. If it was that easy, it wouldn't be there in the first place. The, the, uh, the the most dreaded type of testing in a company is not new testing. It is what's called regression testing. And many people do not like to do regression testing because regression testing is basically testing things that are already fixed. And a lot of people are like, well, it was fixed before. So, I mean, I didn't touch that stuff. So why would I have to check it again? And yeah. Zealous is... You know, Zealous' main point is when I fix, like, you know, the speed thing, or or now my character's arm's going, like, super-duper weird, or is my character now, you know, uh, did I change the, the speed number in such a way that my character's now falling through the geometry? I mean, there's... I'll, you, changing one small thing has, like, you know, like an avalanche effect. And with a small company trying to do regression testing, uh, yeah... It's not that simple. No, it's not. It is not at all. So, I mean, I, I hope the best for the company. Uh, the company's name is, um, I just had it. Uh, Mediatonic. Mediatonic is the name of the company. And, of course, Fall Guys, which is on Steam. And I believe it's in, like, the top five uh, most played games right now. Mm. Um, so... Good for you on that part, and I'm sorry that there's assholes trying to game your system. Not very nice of them, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, let's talk about, since we're talking about uh, crazy shit that's happening with companies, uh, you know, we just talked about um, you know, a bunch of cheaters and hackers going into Fall Guys. Let's talk about a company that apparently has uh, decided to push their weight around on a... Uh, on someone else's platform and they've tried to slap them in the face. And what I'm talking about is Apple and the company behind Fortnite. Uh, and that of course is Epic Games. Oh, and Zelius has stated that Fall Guys is number three on online players, which does not surprise me. I mean, this game, it has gained a lot of traction fast. So hopefully they can figure out a way to curb the uh, the trolls um, and to keep you know the, the good times rolling. All right, so... Um, 
some of you may be playing. Okay, first of all, I could never play a first-person shooter on a mobile device. My hands are humongous. It does not work uh, with with touchscreens and playing a uh, first-person shooter. All right, so uh, Fortnite has been on the Apple App Store, but it all of a sudden, poof, disappeared. And that was because Epic has decided to allow players to directly purchase V-Bucks in Fortnite, which, of course, circumnavigates Apple's um, uh, payment process, which uh, that payment process actually takes 30% of the cut. Um, so Good chunk, good chunk. So basically, um, the ch- so basically the the uh, let's see here, all in-app purchases must basically what Apple rules state is all in-app purchases must go through Apple's pay mechanisms. If you yep. want to unlock features or functionality within your app, you must use an in-app purchase. Apps may not use their own mechanisms to unlock content or functionality, such as license keys, augmented reality markers, QR codes, etc. Apps and their metadata may not include buttons, external links, or other calls to action that direct customers to purchasing mechanisms other than in-app purchase. Apple's very restrictive about that. So, Epic apparently... um, giggled and basically uh, spit back out. I'm going, thousands of apps in the Apple App Store approved by Apple accept direct payments, including commonly used apps like Amazon, Grubhub, Nike Sneakers, Best Buy, DoorDash, Fandango, McDonald's, Uber, Lyft, and StubHub. We think all developers should be free to support direct payments in all apps. In operating Fortnite on an open platform and operating the Epic Game Store, Epic has processed over... billion of direct payments successfully and uses industry-trusted encryption and security measures to protect customer transactions. Basically, a kick to the nuts going, dude, we know that some of your transactions are not secure, but we were secure. We know how to do it. We have Uber security, which, to be fair, though, if there's one company who I actually look at to be secure in their devices is Apple. Um, I mean, they've kind of been on the forefront of not allowing backdoor access to their devices where certain governments may otherwise desire it. And yet you have a company like Epic, who's owned 40% by Tencent, a Chinese company. Um, I can only imagine what is happening to our data that is processed by Epic. Stop trying to create conspiracies, Zelius. Uh-huh. So... Um... With all that being said, uh, Apple has come out uh, with a um, with a statement uh, that reads the following: Today, Epic Games took the unfortunate step of violating the the App Store guidelines that are applied equally to every developer and designed to keep the store safe for our users. As a result, their Fortnite app has been removed from the store. Epic enabled a feature in its app, which was not reviewed or approved by Apple, and they did so with the express intent of violating the App Store guidelines regarding in-app payments that apply to every developer who sells digital goods or services. Epic has... Huh? Oh, sorry, go on. Epic has had apps on the App Store for decades and have benefited from the App Store 
ecosystem, including its tools, testing, and distribution that Apple provides to all developers. Epic agreed to the App Store terms and guidelines freely, and we're glad they've built such a successful business on the App Store. The fact that their business interests now lead them to push for a special arrangement does not change the fact that these guidelines create a level playing field for all developers and make the store safe for all users. We will make every effort to work with Epic to resolve those violations so they can return Fortnite to the App Store. And I think actually Apple does make a fair point there because Epic claimed like all these other companies like Nike and Amazon, you can purchase through them without basically bypassing the walled garden. And the reason is because it's not a digital good on right. your phone. Exactly. So when you're purchasing it through the Epic store, whatever we're calling it, it's affecting your iPhone. So I think that's a pretty clear line of demarcation of are you buying an in-app digital good versus <laughs> are you purchasing a pair of sneakers off of Nike? Two totally separate things. Right. But but the funny thing is that, I mean, I could you just, I, I just could feel the passive aggressiveness just like <laughs> permeating off their statement, you know? Well no, because when they, with, I mean, Epic knew exactly what they were doing. They had that 1984 video. Oh yeah. So if you haven't seen it on YouTube, Epic makes a mockery of the 1984 video, which again I find funny because they're owned by Tencent, basically. Yep. Um, but they mock the 1984 video, which, to be fair, Apple is no longer resembles the little Apple they were 30 years ago. Yep. Um, but it's just they obviously they knew this was going to happen. Okay. There's no way Apple is going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll let Epic just do this because everybody else would do that. I mean, this 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 statement right here, just just I mean, this is this is what oozes the passive aggressiveness the most. Epic has had apps on the App Store for a yep. decade and have benefited from the App Store ecosystem, including its tools, testing and distribution that Apple provides to all developers. I just, to me, it's entertaining that when two large companies like this decide to butt heads and have a public spat. I'm like, oh, you know, sit back, eat the popcorn. Um, and the end, just my two cents, I don't think Apple's going to flinch. Oh, no. To them, Epic is small beans, man. I oh, mean, absolutely. Apple does not need Epic on the game. So, I mean, obviously, they love the income. They love basically at 330%, mm -hmm. but they're not going to bend the rules for Epic. Epic. No. It's, Epic needs Apple much more than the other way around. So uh, because we want to make sure that we cover both sides of this uh, lovely story, um, <laughs> Epic came out and said, rather than tolerate this healthy competition and compete on the merits of its offering, Apple responded by removing Fortnite from sale on, apps, on the App Store, which means that new users cannot download the app. The users who have already downloaded prior versions of the app from the App Store cannot update it to the latest version. This also means that Fortnite players who downloaded their app from the App Store will not receive updates to Fortnite through the App Store, either automatically or by searching the App Store for updates. Apple's removal of Fortnite is yet another example of Apple flexing its enormous power in order to impose unreasonable restraints and unlawful maintenance and unlawfully maintain its 100% monopoly over the iOS in-app payment processing market. Which yeah. to me sounds like they're they're trying to pick a fight but they know that they've that they're in the wrong. 
I mean, you can hate on Apple and the in the App Store all you want, but it's the App Store. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't honestly know what Epic thinks is going to happen in this case. I mean, I know they've actually filed lost. They filed like a sixty-one page lawsuit, basically yep. claiming Apple is a monopoly, monopoly, et cetera. And you're right. For the Apple iPhone, it is a monopoly. Um, it's not a monopoly in the actual cell phone world. I mean, you have how many Android devices out there are just insane. Um, but the thing is, with, with Android, now. with Android uh, phones. There is the ability to have um, additional marketplaces. Yeah, that's true. Where, I mean, but that's their market right, choice. That, right. Yeah. So, like, for instance, I'm just looking at this. In 2019, oh, no, go away. Apple had 39% of the smartphone um, market, mm -hmm. and the rest was basically Android because there's nothing else. Right. So, what about my Windows phone? You know, so I actually brought my old Windows phone in to work for uh, the STEM teacher to just kind of show students. Mm -hmm. I really liked my Windows phone, not gonna lie. Um, but like in this case, like if Apple owned like 90% of the market of smartphones, then I could be like, okay, Epic has an argument, right? But seeing as Apple owns only like 40 45%, depending on how you look at the numbers. I'm kind of like, eh, I just. Well, the I'm thing gonna, is, you're you're always going to run into the argument. This is you know this is the same basically across the board. Doesn't uh, matter what type of product we're talking about, but there's always going to be someone who has the lion's share. It's yeah. not fifty percent. It's you know forty or thirty-seven percent. Sure. But when you look at all, you've got like it's Apple with like you know. Let's just say a quarter of the pie. No, let's just say a third of the pie. Yeah. And the other two thirds are like 12 other companies. Yeah. So it looks like sure. they don't have a huge chunk, but in reality they do. It you know, it's all about appearances. If you really want to go down this road, um, ladies and gentlemen, I know that some of you may not understand what this is, but there used to be things called telephones that plug directly into your wall at home. Um, you couldn't take them anywhere you wanted to. They were on a cord. And we had a really long cord. There were um, there were there are companies out there who still, amazingly enough, provide those in-house services. Um, but if you were to actually trace back, the vast majority of those companies are the same effing company. They just had for to uh to not fall underneath the monopoly. Uh, lawsuit or rules, they've broken up into uh, several different companies. That's why for those out there who are very young, if you ever hear something called the Baby Bells, those are some of the companies that broke off from um, the Bell Company. Yeah. Which, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those out there who don't know, Alexander Graham Bell <laughs> was the one who was credited with the first phone. And then you had Bell, Bell South, AT&T, Verizon. They're all baby Bells. And the way I kind of look at it with Apple is they have their app store, obviously. They don't allow any other app stores. But where they, to at least in my opinion, don't run afoul is like take music, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Is obviously Apple's vested because they have their own music subscription service. But 
they still allow Spotify, Pandora, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Now, if Apple is like, hey, we have our music business that we don't want people to want. Oh, and by the way, Spotify and Pandora and Amazon Music and et cetera, et cetera, you're also not allowed in our walled garden. Then, yes, to me, that would be considered monopolistic, like taking advantage of your monopoly in that case. If you actively did not allow other developers to be on your platform, given the same constraints of everybody else. But because they allow those other services, I'm pretty much throw a shrug of my shoulders. So, but that kind of... Oh. You bring up a very good, interesting... I like. I think of Microsoft and like Internet Explorer. Like that's kind right. of what mine, mine goes no, back to. No, no, no. To. But, but but that that point about the if you have like Pandora, you could if you were to do a Pandora subscription, could you do it through the app, or would you have to do yes. it through a website? Okay, so here's the devil of the details with the App Store. So one of the key parts you've read off mm -hmm. is. So basically, in-app purchases through the App Store, mm -hmm. and and this is how other companies have tried getting around it, mm -hmm. and you can also not direct users to another link to purchase it outside of the App Store. Right. So for instance, on Pandora, I subscribe to Pandora, but I do it outside of the App Store. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just, I go to Pandora.com, I subscribe, so I'm not paying it through the, so basically... Actually, in that case, I don't know. I assume Pandora gets 100% of the cost. Right, that's what I'm saying. Because I'm not doing it through the Apple App Store. Yeah. Um, now, if I do it through the App Store, and I think Pandora, I think it's actually Spotify tried doing this. It's Spotify, because I remember Spotify and Apple got into a spat in, I think, 2018 or 19. Mm -hmm. Is Spotify, actually, when you went to go, like, subscribe to Spotify in the App Store, they put up a message of, like, go to this link. I think it's just like went to Safari and subscribe that way mm -hmm. to basically bypass the walled garden. And in that case, that's when Apple is like, uh uh, that's not, you're breaking the spirit of the law, spirit right. of the law. Right. And that's where Apple then added in basically the verbiage where you can't add anything in there that redirects people to an external link. Right. So in theory, like with Fortnite, actually, our Fortnite to count, our Fortnite accounts tied across platforms. I don't know. Like if you had a Fortnite account on the iOS, right? Could you log into your PC and just buy your stuff that way? I, I would guess I would not. Um, because uh, there's because there's a quite a few examples of games that honestly could be played across. You know, played on different. It's the exact same game on different platforms. Uh, the one I'm thinking of off the top of my head is uh, Warframe. It's free to play. Uh, you can get it for the Switch, you can get it for the Xbox, you can get it for the PC, you can get it for the PlayStation. But because you have it on one does not mean that all of your stuff transfers to the other. Now, okay, so here's the question with Epic. Could mm -hmm. they? Mm -hmm. So let's assume you're... And this is kind of going off the Pandora idea. Yep. Let's say you have it on the App Store, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say anything on the iOS saying go here, but you advertise it like elsewhere. Be like, hey, go log in on your you know PC to Fortnite.com, toggle your iOS account, and anything you purchase through there, you get 20% off or something. 
because you're not purchasing through iOS store. I'm kind of thinking my Pandora account because I'm mm -hmm. purchasing it outside of the vault garden. Right. Pandora's not telling me to. I just and know I can do that. Sending it back. It's like you're gifting it to yourself. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's allowed. That's a very good question. I do not know. And as long as you're not advertising it inside of your app. It could just be, that... you know, quick text in one of your, one of like the 17 different was... uh, uh, <laughs> load, uh, 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 loading screen things. Yeah. So I'm surprised they haven't like tried to gimmick it like that or something. I would, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That That's a very good question, Celius. I wish I knew the answer to that. If I did, I'd probably make millions and millions of dollars. I'll say, quick, can we copyright or trademark or something, that idea? Yeah, exactly. Gifting uh, your purchases for your uh, your iOS version of a game to basically circumnavigate Apple. Yeah, there you go. I, I like, like it. it. All right, so speaking of uh, one uh, legal craziness, let's go to another one, which is very depressing to a lot of people, and myself included, and that is that the creators of Avatar, The Last Airbender, have decided to part ways with Netflix and the company that uh, was trying to create uh, the live-action Avatar. Oh. Um, now, uh, so the... This news actually starts back in September 2018. And uh, Netflix basically said, hey, we are with the um, the creators of the animated series of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. We're going to give you a live action version. And everyone's going, oh my God, yes. And then, of course, they, they've they now put on, um, you know, they've got Avatar The Last Airbender and now Legend of Korra on there as well. Uh, but, uh, this past, actually, I think it was yesterday, yesterday, um, the news was broken that both, uh, the creators, uh, will, will, uh, be leaving, um, uh, and will have no part in the, the Avatar series. Um, one of the creators basically said, let's see here, uh, Netflix, uh, da -da 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 -da. hold on, I want to make sure I get this right. Things did not go as we had hoped. I realized I couldn't control the creative direction of the series, but I could control how I respond. And who knows? Netflix live action adaptation of, Am of Avatar has the potential to be good. It might turn out to be a show many of you end up enjoying. But what I can be certain about is that whatever version ends up on screen, it will not be the one that me or Brian had envisioned or intended to make. Hmm. Now, of course, the that was one of the creators, and he was nice about it. The other one, <laughs> not yeah. so much. Uh, I'll just show, uh, basically, uh, oh gosh, do I have his thing? I I'll read it to you, because it is... Whew. Not so nice. Uh, it's, yeah, let's, let's... Not so nice is probably the best way to put it. Um, so just give me one second, let me pull it up here. Um, oh, come on. Oh, I'm in the wrong button. Okay, here we go. Uh, 
Before I get to the crux of the statement, I would like to make it clear that I am very aware and appreciative of the fact that I am an exceedingly fortunate person, a position. Shit, hold on. Actually, what position is in? I'm so confused. Position and that the following issues are indeed good problems to have, even more so now that we are in the grips of a global pandemic and a cratering economy which have left millions unemployed. With that crucial context, here's the big news from my little world. Michael and I recently chose to leave Netflix live action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender, the series he and I created together in 2002. We will have no involvement in the project moving forward. This is probably the most difficult decision I have ever made, but there is hmm. no doubt in my mind it was absolutely the right choice. When Netflix brought me on board to run this series alongside Mike two years ago, they made a very public promise to support our vision. Yep. Unfortunately, there was no follow-through on that promise. Though I hmm. got to work with some great individuals, both on Netflix side and on our own small development team side, the general handling of the project created what I felt was a negative and unsupportive environment. Ouch. To be clear, this was not a simple matter of us not getting our way. Mike and I are collaborative people. We did not need all the ideas to come from us. As long as we felt those ideas were in line with the spirit and integrity of Avatar, we would have happily embraced them. However, we ultimately came to the belief that we would not be able to meaningfully guide the direction of the series. Mm. Though I am profoundly disappointed by how things turned out, there are wonderfully talented people who are still working on the series, some of whom Mike and I personally hired and got to know well during our time on the project. We worked very hard together towards a shared dream of how special this adaptation could be. I want to see them employed, and I hope they get the chance to do their best work on the series. Perhaps the team that remains might still be able to make something fans of the original and entirely new audience can enjoy. By and large, I have an incredibly charmed career and I am very grateful for it. And I am enormously lucky for the amazing global community of fans that has grown around the shows Mike and I have created and run together. I will continue to be deeply involved in the Avatar universe, telling the stories my partner and I want to tell in the way we want to tell them. I will put my time, energy, and talents towards the projects that give me the most fulfillment and where I am afforded trust and respect. Life is too short to do otherwise. That was pretty scathing. Yeah. He was obviously not happy with how things were going. Yeah, that was, that was he didn't sugarcoat it. Let's just put it that way. No. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's unfortunately what happens with a lot of, you know, um, big name titles you get you you hope that you can like bridge this gap between the creators and maybe adding a little bit of newness to it the unfortunate thing is there are too many people out there too many people who don't know pardon my language but don't know shit about anything and they you know they they're focused on you know the results of these focus groups and what is the popping happening thing and what kind of you know what color kind of color scheme? What what yep. topics are we supposed to be talking about? Uh, the art style. Um, does do we at this point do we need to ha do we need to focus and highlight uh, different types of relationships, um, religion, uh, ethnicity, all that stuff? 
What's this? <laughs> Zeus is dying. Give him a second. So if you think about a lot of Netflix's more popular content, um, it's based off of other IPs. I mean, just look at recently you had season two of Umbrella Academy. Mm -hmm. You had um, obviously The Witcher, super popular. Yep. Uh, so a lot of their really popular franchises and a lot of the recent ones, I mean, you look at, what was it, um, Warrior Nun, uh, you're looking at this one, you have Transylvania, Castlevania, sorry. Yeah, Castlevania. So many of these are based off of other IPs, mm -hmm. and you kind of wonder, these other IPs, have they run the same issues, is it different? Because you look like The Witcher, and The Witcher, crazy time jumps aside, it seemed like a kept pretty close to what we knew as the Witcher video game and books for that matter. It was more in the same, like in the same vein. The The thing is, and I, I could kind of see it from with Avatar, you know, there was four seasons. Yeah. So it's, you know, there was this character, this character, this character, this character, you know, one for fire, one for air, one for earth and one for water. Those were the main ones. And you had a bunch of side characters that were there to support them. And, you know, it's, it was, it's a very, you know, you, you kind of know where, I mean, everyone knows where the story is going to start and where it's going to end. When you look, when you talk about like the Witcher, you know, you know, there's Geralt. Um, and he's, it's basically like the, the show could just basically drop in at any point of Geralt's life, which of course it does with the damn time jumps without telling yeah. us the damn time jumps. But I think it's a little bit different when you're talking about trying to reimagine a an already existing TV show, like Umbrella Academy is um, is a graphic novel. Um, Castlevania is a bunch of different uh, video games. Basically, all you had to do is have a, a vampire slayer with the last name Belmont, and you're good to go, as long as he's killing lots of vampires. If he was, you know, killing a bunch of, I don't know, uh, mutant robots, that would probably not work. I'd be like Doctor Who. Exactly. But um no, I, I mean I, I can understand, but at the same time, you when someone else takes over a project and, and they were basically said, you know, we were okay with having people add to the thing, but they wanted their voices to be heard. They didn't think their voices were being heard, and so they left. And unfortunately yeah, that's what happens that. a lot uh with you know, you have some sometimes you'll have like a big movie or T V idea that huge name sign on to and then they have to leave because as many people the 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 um the hot phrase to always say is uh we had to go our our separate ways because of creative differences it's a, like a nice pc way of saying it yeah they fucked us over we want sad creative happy. differences yeah um all right ladies and gentlemen i do want to take uh, a couple minutes here to give some shout outs to some amazing individuals out there. Um, and that of course is uh, some of our friends of the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about, oops, I scrolled right past it. Let me no, tell you about, don't skip it. The Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in community. They in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as the traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. 
They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. This, of course, uh, our our friend um, Ron Jones is one of the driving forces uh, behind this. Uh, so we definitely love to give him a shout out. What's up, Sand Grizzle? Grizzled is yeah, present in the All house. right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I also want to take a short moment to tell you about Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. Now, as I've stated many, many, many times before, here at Chiropractic has been my chiropractor for over three years now. I shall continue to sing their praise, his praises uh, forever because he actually helps the pain in my back. So, yeah. He helps the man. Of course. Indeed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the next one, of course, is a little bit of a two-part, and that's Nerd Burger Games. Uh, first of all, Nerd Burger Ga- the Nerd Burger uh, Game Convention starts tomorrow, uh, so you definitely need to check that out. But Nerd Burger Games is a game design imprint, is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nerdburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nerdburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forgo dense gaming mechanics in favor of lighter rule sets that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories um i like i said the nurburger con starts tomorrow i will be in four different um uh sessions that i'm super duper excited about uh, just how excited are you i'm like bouncing for joy my friend uh i bouncing? can tell you let's see here hold on let me, let me see if i can pull it up real quick here can you actually bounce there i bounced for you Yay! Which is really I'm so weird. Happy. Okay, so I've got uh, I'm I'm going to do one of the Nurburger games is a game called Die Laughing, and I'll be uh, doing that uh, tomorrow night, and then um, we we die here uh, is another game I'll be playing uh, Goblina, and then finally Memories of Tomorrow play test on Sunday. Nice. So I'm super duper. All I'm, kinds of stuff, yo. I am stoked, man. I am freaking stoked about um about uh getting to play these these games so definitely at bare minimum check out nurburgergames.com uh, yep all right so ladies and gentlemen uh another shout out we definitely have to give is to our amazing stomping ground that of course is battle and brew battle and brew is atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant Opened in 2005, Battle and Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. Now they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered geek trivia in Atlanta and remained the hardest trivia in town. 
they have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites and some soon to be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. And but do they know your name too? If you go there often enough, I'm sure they will know your name. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Now, ladies and gentlemen, of course, since we're doing a shout out, the shout outs, we also have to do the the uh, uh, you know the obligatory alter confusion heads up. Uh, the first one, of course, has to deal with this amazing thing called Extra Life. Uh, extra Life. Um, Alter Confusion is proud to say that we have, we will be fundraising for Extra Life for the ninth year straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen Chose Miracle Network Hospital as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion and donate today. Um, seriously. Does it have to be today? The sooner the better. Uh, I mean, you could donate anytime, um, you know, during the year, but I, I would recommend that you do it sooner than later so that you can make sure that you remember to actually do it because you'd feel absolutely terrible if you forgot because it's for the kids, man. It's for the kids. What if I um, prefer like adults? Okay. That's a different discussion for another day. Zilis. Okay. Um, but anyways, um, like I said, we'll, this will be my ninth year straight. And, um, uh, we of course have done our fundraising, our, our specific hospitals, the children's healthcare Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, huge supporter. I've, I had to use it when I was growing up. My, all my sisters, uh, and my kids have, uh, some of my friends have. Zilis, did you ever have to go to children's healthcare Atlanta? Um, I don't remember, but it's always very possible. I know that I had to take a friend there, uh, and Zelius <laughs> Zelius was present during the injury that caused us to go there, but Zelius yes, didn't I go was. to the hospital with us. Ah, you guys were fine. Yeah, we're fine. All right. So, anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me also tell you, in a, a bit of a different kind of donation, the you know, uh, as much as much as I would love. Um, you know, donation to this next thing, you know, if, if you could donate to one thing, please donate to Extra Life. The next thing is, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Uh, Alter Confusion survives on love and support of fans like you. So we have a Patreon page. Patreon allow, lets you, the fan supporters, become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Uh, currently, there are two different tiers that uh, you could do. Uh, like I said, is a monthly uh, membership. The first one is at a dollar, and that dollar uh, 
tier, basically, you know, it's a huge thanks to you. Uh, keeps the lights on. Uh, there's also a $5 tier. And if you do the $5 tier, we will add you to the uh, friends of the show part um, of our Thursday Night Hangouts. Aren't we all friends here? Oh, we are. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a little bit of a surprise. Um, uh, Zealys doesn't even know about this. Uh, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, decide, if you cannot do a, uh, a monetary or financial donation to Alter Confusion, there's a couple other things you could do. Uh, the first of which is just to share, like, follow us on all of our uh, repost, all of our different social medias. I knew about this. And, um, or if you are one of those type of people who decided they need to send in some, a physical item, uh, you could do it by sending it to the following address. Uh, that is one five, five, one Dunwoody. That's D U N W O O D Y village parkway. And the super duper important number eight, eight, two, seven, six. If you forget that number. You will send it to the post office proper, and it will not be delivered to us. It will be returned to you. That would be very sad, Joe. Very so sad. So once again, the P.O. Box number is 88276. The city is Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, zip code 30338. Now, the part that I said that Zelius didn't know this was coming is, ladies and gentlemen, I went to the P.O. Box today. <laughs> and uh, we have... Um, we have a package. Show us! Have you opened it yet? No, I have not. All right. This could be a fun surprise. So we have a package. Let's see what we got here. First of all, let's look at the, um, see Do if it's an actual you hear any, like, live meowing or barks or scratches or Oh, I sure yips. is. Okay. If, if, there's, if there's one company out there that I would never buy stuff from, this would be it. This came from GameStop. Fascinating. So, I swear to God. Package hype! What's All up, right. Paint HD? Do it. Do it. I'm waiting. I am. I am. I am. I am. Hold on. I don't I don't have the patience, yo. Damn it, Zillis. Give me a second. I was bad about Christmas. I'd always go around and open up the presents and rewrap them. You're messed up, man. That's why I'm so oh, awesome. Oh, shit. Oh, did you already break it? No. Holy crap. Uh, Let's see if there's an actual name. If there's a GTX Titan X, I don't think his... God, I wish. His power supply probably couldn't handle that bad boy, let's be honest. Uh, if it was a Titan Z, I'd come over there and steal it. Mitchell? Thank what? you, Mitchell. What? That's the name. It says, uh, from Mitchell. Your, your name is Mitchell now? No, but someone named Mitchell just sent me a... Huh. What'd they send you? A Funko Pop! Dude, my mind is lost. I can't believe it. The, bat the Battle of Fallen Angels. Okay, which, what uh, is Fall... I don't even know what that is. Kelby Bebop. Ah, there It's you a go. very... Um, it's a very emotional scene in the anime Kelly Bebop. Ah, I see, sir. I see. Actually, it might be one more Funko Pop. Hold on. No, that's not you, Sam. Your name is Sam. You, you don't get to change your name. 
I think this is another one. Yep. It's a box. I'm super excited about the box. You can Ooh, never have enough boxes. I didn't boxes. know they had one. It's the Venomized uh, Miles Morales. You didn't know that they had a, another Funko Pop? No, I no, I didn't know that they had a Venomized version of Miles Morales. I know there's... I've got a Venomized uh, Storm, Daredevil, uh, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. You know. So... But thank you, Mitchell, whomever your username might be. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is. Not gonna I, have, I have no idea. But thank you, Mitchell, for your donation. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we have a couple more stories real quick or topics that we, we'd like to jump into. Uh, the first one is, um, hold on, I have to like literally throw my phone away or something because this is getting... Ridiculous. It's just, My phone is it's, vibrating it's just nonstop. Yes, it is. It's one of our friends who just will not stop texting. Um, okay. So as many of you know, um, there was this battle for supremacy when it came to uh, signing exclusive rights for streamers. Oh, I thought it was a battle for Earth. No, well, that too. But it's not Jesse. Um <laughs> Believe me, Jesse's not allowed to buy anything without his... Well, anyways. Um, uh, you know, so we had, like, the Mixer uh, signing all the big names, and then you had YouTube and, of course, Twitch. And, of course, Mixer went... And um, so they uh, basically all of the, the big-name contracts got, you know, basically got shredded, and they left with millions and millions of dollars. Well, one of those individuals was Shroud. And Shroud just now has returned to Twitch. Uh, he is mostly known for um, streaming first-person shooters, uh, mostly, uh, let's see here, uh, Counter-Strike, um, PUBG, Apex Legend, and a bunch of other, like, Battle Royale games. Uh, so he jumped on the other day, and he thought, you know, I'm, I'm a big name, but I, this is my first... Um, uh, stream back so I'll probably he was guesstimating and I would love to have this number he guesstimated that he'd have about 200,000 people uh, at the height of the um of his stream uh but it turns out what? that he had 516,000 uh viewers and most of it most of the time it was him monkey around with settings and inputs on his computer to make to get everything right Nice. Um, now, uh, for context, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you're wondering, uh, the 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 next highest uh, stream that was going on uh, at the same time uh, as Shroud's 516,000 was a stream that reached about 50,000. So it's just a little bit higher. And he and, and Shroud came out and said, "I don't know why there are so many of you here, but I appreciate it." I'm just a normal dude who likes to play games a lot. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Such humbleness from such a streamer, sir. Yeah, man. I I, I mean, he didn't pull off uh, what um, Dr. Disrespect pulled off, which apparently he had like some Lamborghini intro. I mean, he went all out for his official return. But 
Maybe that's what we need on the show is a Lamborghini, dude. Yeah, someone want to rent me a, you know, anyone want to lend me a rent, a, a Lamborghini? I'll be down for that. Or maybe like a Lamborghini Funko Pop. I don't know, probably. Um, anyways, so uh, I've got a couple questions from uh, from some fans and supporters and all that stuff uh, from this past week, and I just want to uh, throw them at you. And ironically, one of them has to do with uh, the topic we were just talking about uh, with the Avatar, uh, with Avatar The Last Airbender and, and the creative minds behind the actual uh, show, franchise, walking away from the Netflix adaptation. Uh, and that question is, when you hear about a TV slash movie slash comic adaptation of a popular name, popular game, do you think it's just a money grab or do you think they're actually trying to do something? I think it can be both. Like, I think in the initial, like, I look at Witcher and I think the first Witcher installment with Cavill was a genuine, I mean, don't go, the precursor to all of this is obviously money. Right. They're trying to make a profit. Yeah. But I think there was a genuine attempt to make something interesting, unique there. I feel like the follow-up little 10-episode mini, mini thing, mm-hmm. it, I feel like that's a money grab now. I feel like they saw the extreme popularity, and then it became a discussion of like, it was almost like the original Witcher was like, okay, let's make this cool property, and we're going to make money off of it. Whereas now it's almost like, okay, we're going to make money off of this. What can we do to make money off of it? It's kind of how I feel about the next installment of the little 10 episode thing of Witcher. And that's when you kind of start getting all these spinoffs and spinoffs and spinoffs. That's why I feel like you start getting a category of going from, you know, let's make a good product and money to let's just make money. Well, so I hope I'm wrong. No, no. I uh, So the thing that, and I don't know, I, I mean, I could, basically be trying to, you know, uh, sell, give you a, a sales pitch for, for this, uh, Witcher miniseries that this is not their, their thinking, but I wonder if the spinoff is they, they were actually really interested in telling like, uh, like kind of like a prequel story. And they had a bunch of ideas that just wouldn't fit into the, the Cavill, led series now of yeah. course they they i mean absolutely you know you you you've sh- you've got a very popular franchise you've shown that you you can basically make a very popular series on netflix so why not you know keep going while it's hot but i do hope you know as as a fan uh, i do hope that you know it does it justice and it's not just we're gonna slap uh the name witcher on there Oh God! All right, fine. I'm gonna get on my soapbox. It's not like I'm slapping Madden on it on the same game every single oh, year dear. and make you pay sixty bucks, okay? With a roster update, my, my yeah. Bad. Let's not do that. <laughs> let's not, okay? But you know, um, I, I do find it interesting that there. It may just be me because I'm be, I'm being more aware of uh, graphic novels, but I swear to God, I feel like more like TV shows or um, or movies are getting adapted into graphic novels. Um, some of them shittily, very shittily. Oh God, Sam, I'm so sorry. But wouldn't it be Madden 20 
that you would not want to have. Anyways, um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, graphic novels out there that kind of just like wet your whistle, and they're kind of like yep. uh, they kind of warm you up to the TV show. But then there's also ones that that are basically like, I guess re- it's kind of like it's kind of like fanfic. But it's licensed. Uh, they basically use, for example, there's this thing called the Alien Omnibus, which is um, it's set in the world of aliens. You got um, or Alien. Aliens is actually number two, there's just in you're wondering. Uh, and most of it has nothing to do with Ripley, but uh, Ripley comes in later in in this huge like collection of a bunch of stories. And I don't know. I feel like. That to me, either there's people out there who really, really want to be a part of, you know, a specific universe, and this is their way of doing it because they got permission. Yeah. Or this is their way of, you know, slapping a very well-known universe on the front of their tchotchke uh, and and making a, a quick buck. Now, of course, with companies like that, they'll probably not be able to get away with it for too long, but you never know. Some... You see all these artists out there that are able to get away with uh, was a creative uh, interpretation of existing IP. We will be super creative, sir. I envision uh, where a uh, uh, Wolverine, um, but he's two inches shorter than Logan is. Uh, it's it's original idea, completely. No one's done it before. Or have they? There are, ladies and gentlemen, I I do want to stress uh, something, though. Um, When or if we ever get to go to in-person conventions again, um, if you go to, like, an artist alley, make sure that you're not getting someone's, like, piece of crap, uh, I, I... took a picture, uh, a, a <laughs> copyrighted picture, and added a couple filters in Photoshop, and I'm going to sell it to you for 20 bucks. Yeah. Actually find, you know, real art. We've um, seen a few of those over the years. Well, that guy, there was a gentleman who did that, and he basically got blacklisted at all of the main conventions. Uh, I he remember was, that one. He actually showed up at Momocon, and he was gone within a day because yeah. all the artists were like, oh, hell no. Yep, I remember that guy. Ballsy, my friend. Ballsy. It's but anyways, not cool, man. You know, I when when you see a, an adaptation of something that exists in a different media form, I don't know. I have to I have to like step back and think about it for a second, and maybe even like do some research. Um, which of course is easy for me when it comes to graphic novels, because the vast majority of graphic novels are on something that's called Comixology Unlimited, which is basically Kindle Unlimited, but for graphic novels. Uh, uh, so I can, you know, kind of uh, dip my toe into the water, as it were, uh, to see, you know, if it's total crap or not. Um, and how do those toes dip? The alien one was interesting. Uh, definitely had a different story than the uh, first one. When has a redo ever gotten better? Ooh. Are we talking like movies and TV or like any medium? Okay, so 
The this, first one that comes to mind for video games is Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay, that was re- okay. That was a redo. Yeah, that true truly was a redo. Yeah. Um. Now, of course, there there have been redos of movies. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have never seen this movie, but apparently there must be something to it. But there's a movie called A Star Is Born, and there's apparently like three or four versions of the movie. Mm, I can't but tell apparently you. Apparently, one most recent one was really good. I heard. Yeah. Lady Gaga can actually sing. Holy shit. And what's his name? Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know why. Uh, well, At least if I'm feeling stuff, guy, so. I get it. No, but the thing is, like, if you reduce an existing property, you're there may be the opportunity to gain fans for that new version, but I don't foresee many people, if any, who are diehard fans of the original going, you know what? That one is better. I, I, it would be extremely difficult for me to, to picture that because people, especially, you know, if it's been like 10, 15 years and that's what they've been thinking about for that 10, 15 years, it's, you're not going to be able to bowl, bowl them over quickly, uh, with, you know, the new version, like, yep. uh, the, the, the nineties version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated series will always surpass all of whatever the hell they keep trying to reboot. That is the truth. And part of it is because it's just stuck in our brains. Yeah. Like, that's what we grew up with, so that's how it is, doggone it. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. They, you can... I mean, if, if... The one thing I'll say is if someone were to, like, remaster it, make it look prettier, but basically not really touch it, you know, maybe, like, update the color so it pops a little bit more... Or maybe That's a clean, different. clean up that stuff. So it's not totally different. You know, it's just, you know, uh, kind of, you know, cleaning the window. Um, I'm totally okay with that. But, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel with an existing property. Solo shot first. Yes, for the love of God. Why, George Lucas? Why? You insane motherfucker. <laughs> the, 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 when the movies came out, the first three, or if you really want to be technical, number four, five, and six. Be uh, technical, man. Be accurate. Fine. Four, five, and six. Don't touch them. They were fine. As soon as they're as out, they, they were fine. Don't the the beautiful thing about having uh, a property that is that amazing is that you gain people who are just so enamored by like conspiracy and you know taking it to the next level. Yes. It's okay to have the conversation of who shot first. You don't you should never try to like oops, my bad. Let's clean this up. That was one of the main points. It was like a freaking you know like it was lore. You know, it was um, you know, which side are you on? Are you on this side or that side? Oh, you're Can't one of those people. All the sides. It. I mean, it's kind of. It's not to the same extent, but it's kind of like you know when people go batshit nuts over um, Kirk and Picard when it comes to uh, uh, Star Trek. You're either a Kirk fan or a Picard fan. And personally, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to go on the record. I'm a Picard fan. TNG all the way, baby. TNG. Can't we just love all of them, though? No. Oh. 
It's impossible. You have to draw the line. And that was one of that was one of the best things was, you know, who shot first? Who did it? I can't help you then. No, but so I don't know. That actually what what Lucas did actually pisses me off more than someone trying to reimagine re you know, like trying to redo something that's Oh my god. <sighs> Sam. Sam I, I Sam, I think he's just trolling you now. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. No. Mm. Anyways, what I was saying was I think that what Lucas did actually pisses me off more because it's not like he tried to reinvent um you know an existing property. He went back and basically fucked with an existing successful property. It'd be like, I don't know, like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give, it's a huge spoiler, so hold on to your hats here. It'd be like if you were to, if, shit, what the hell is his name? Uh, Orson Welles was to go back and in the opening scene of Citizen Kane, instead of him just going, Rosebud, he was also hugging a sled. Okay? That would be weird, man. Rosebud is a sled, okay, people? Rewrote the story. Solo was a badass. Turns out, nope, just self-defense. Yeah. yeah. Look, if it, if, if it was that big of a deal, then people still wouldn't be talking about it today. You don't fuck with that stuff. I'm sorry. I'm getting fixed. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I believe we've accidentally run out of time. So I will hold this next question uh, for next week. But the next, the other question was, what are your thoughts when a developer rolls back a feature patch? Because that actually happened on uh, Red Dead uh, Online. But um, but we'll hold that for next week. Uh, So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to thank. All of you amazing people out there for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zeal, it's been a pleasure giving you everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another amazing Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. (laughs) 